time travel, sci-fi adventures, and risky rolls of the dice lie ahead. Hello, and welcome to Anywhere But Now, a Doctor Who actual play podcast. I'm your host and GM, Casey Jones. The next hour and a half or so holds a thrilling adventure in time and space. So let's dive in. With me is the daring crew of our time-traveling machine. Playing the fixer is the charming and resourceful Brand Osorio. Hello, Brand. Hello. And joining him is Maeve Sullivan, played by the ebullient Kate McCoy. Welcome back, Kate. Hey there. Finishing the TARDIS team is Pandora Beatrix as the delightfully chaotic Calamity Hap. Bonjour. Moshi moshi. And returning to play with us today is special guest star A.E. Jones. Welcome back, Murph. Hey, Murph. Are you all excited? You feel that energy? I hope so. House rules for a story in progress mean that our beloved PCs start with the same number of hit points, attributes, and story points as they ended the previous game. However, because this is their first three-parter, we're going to bestow them all with an extra story point apiece. Get ready for a collaborative, immersive storytelling experience, because that's what I've brought to tables for over 10 years. Stick around after the game for interviews with the players. A bigger on the inside thank you to all our listeners. Time is truly a gift, or it wouldn't be the present. We thank you for spending yours with us. If you like what you hear, leave a review, rate the show, and follow us on Twitter at AnywhereButNow with an underscore at the end. And also now on Blue Sky. Share the show with your friends. Word of mouth is a huge help. Have questions or lovely fan art you'd want to share? Send them our way at AnywhereButNowPodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like me to run a game for you, find me on StartPlaying.Games. Links to everything in the doobly-doo. Brought to you wherever you're listening in time and space. This is Anywhere But Now. Previously on Anywhere But Now. There are currently three Sloftons, larger than life, presenting unfriendly claws to anyone within reach. While the little old lady, Alia Pence, is just rooting around in her little black sequined clutch purse. Moopsie leaps off the purple pillow, grabs a pickle in her teeth. She is ready to go. Werner Lowesgild, a couple of moments ago, points at the fixer. You're gonna need more than a fancy train to stop us! Alia finally pulls out a squirt gun filled with, it's a green, briny liquid. She says, Right! Defense plan Delta boys! We planned for this! And around the room, the wait staff holding these trays take the thing and get ready to hurl it at the nearest Slofton. Food fight! Unholy hell begins. Tiny little fingers and thumbs reach in with pinkies extended into these trays all over the room as they just start hurling bits of pickled gobs. Uh, just... No one steals from Alia Pence and gets away with it. Speaker, 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 speaker. I turn to Kixie and say, how did Alia know to have pickle juice squirt guns? Well, you know, when you get to be that old, there's a lot of things you know. You'll know more things as you get older, too. Failsafes. Activated. Deadly. 
Engaged. Safety measures. Activated. Calamity. Alia has collapsed next to you. She is clutching at her chest, but instead of a look of pain or anything like that, there's instead just this grateful little smile. <coughs> oh, oh, might have been that last pickled egg. She reaches up a shaking hand and wipes away a tear. You know, I would have liked to see her dance one more time, but we can't have everything, can we? And she just puts her hand on yours. And just as that moment happens, there's little Magda sticks her head out from the private Kobeck suite now that things have gotten quieter and the alarms are going off. Magda makes eye contact with Alia and just, and Alia sags and goes still. Her time has ended. Calamity is definitely surprised and she's not smiling about this, but she looks just sort of like, hmm, um, contently sad is the best phrase I can come up with for it. She just sort of mm -hmm. like, um, reaches out a hand to like to like um pat her cheek and is and says we don't know what comes next and that is as it should be it is an honor to meet you miss kovac i was just wondering if you could talk more about your inspiration for tonight she smiles this little private joke smile when our show is complete they will be speechless they walk in a circle, orbiting this white light circle on the floor, marking the passage of time as they get closer together until they have come full circle around the light. The scarf has now been wrapped around both their hands, bringing them completely together. Artemisma reaches out and Magda takes her hands and they hold it together and the gray scarf slips through their fingers until it's just Magda and Artemisma holding hands. And that's when the lights flicker and the lights go out and the temperature drops 10 degrees in here as in front of you, the light flashes off and on and off and on as strange arcane shadows spread across the floor like wings and the lights strobe and in a heartbeat, Artemisma is gone, and a weeping angel is in her place, gripping Magda in both hands. Magda screams in a heartbeat, and the lights flicker, and Magda vanishes. She is there one second, and gone the next, and a weeping angel is standing on the floor as lights continue to strobe and it turns to the audience. Fixer made calamity.
Kitsy, welcome. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> At the top of our round, we have talkers. Do we have any movers? The angel in question is going to move. Do we have any other movers in this round? Fun fun fact, Calamity actually has no idea what's going on. I'm not sure that she actually knows that this isn't a performance and people are just freaking out for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Like, uh, so, so right now she's just sort of like trying to figure out what's going on, but she, she's not personally alarmed, you know, even on her scale. Okay. <laughs> I think Maeve is alarmed, uh-huh. but also wouldn't know what's going on here or have any context to put this in. So I think she just kind of moves slightly back behind the fixer and just looks perplexed, trying to figure out what she should be doing here. <laughs> and the fixer will be stepping forward in front, uh, quickly pulling out the sonic stylus and trying to figure out, is this really a Weeping Angel or some part of the show? Understood. Kitsy? Kitsy's tail's gonna bush up a little bit and she is immediately taking Moopsy off of the Fixer's shoulder and putting her into a specially designed carrying case. One of the reasons the Weeping Angels are so incredibly dangerous is how fast they are. They can move within the blink of an eye. That means that a weeping angel at full strength has four moves per turn, which can be divided up moving four times, moving once and attacking three times, etc. It's just mean. It really is just mean. Because this <laughs> weeping angel in question was previously a performance artist, as the lights are strobing overhead from barely visible to completely black, the angel cuts the distance in half from where it is on the floor to closer to Maeve and the Fixer and Calamity, Kitsy and the Auditor. And then it moves again to the side, cutting the distance again in half. It is not attacking, but it has used two action rounds of its four to get closer. And on its third, it is going to attempt to scare the daylights out of you. This is going to be a fear factor. Your resolve and ingenuity versus the resolve and presence plus four of the thing you are facing. The angel in question rolls. That is a 10 with a six on the dice. The number you are trying to beat to not be frightened is 20. Fixer, Calamity, Maeve all add two points for being experienced travelers against scary things that get closer in the dark. Can I pitch getting advantage on this from ignorance? Absolutely, yes. Well, it still didn't beat it, but I did get two sixes. That's the lovely thing about boxcars. Perhaps because you are not entirely convinced this is genuine and real, you are not scared in the slightest. With that extra plus two, uh, I got up to a 20 with a four and a six on the dice. With that six on the dice, you are able to bring up your sonic device without your hand shaking or dropping it. I got a one and a two for a total of 12. Still not as bad as me. I rolled a two and a three on the dice, but my resolve and ingenuity are both three, so I'm at an 11. Without spending story points, Maeve and Kitsy, your reaction right now is to run and scream in the opposite direction. This thing has scared the pants off of you. 
You do not necessarily understand what is happening, but this thing just made someone you actually liked disappear. It has frightened the people around you, and the common sense primate part of your brain is saying, respond to this in kind and get the heck out of here. I would say you would need to come up at least two story points to get up to a stand your feet and still be intimidated. If you wanted to spend three, you could be on like, okay, this is scary, but I'm going to, I'm going, I, I'm not gonna let it affect me. I'll spend two. You stay on your feet, but you are at disadvantage to future challenges with this angel. Kitsy's main concern is keeping Moopsie protected. She is 100% doing a vertical leap into the rafters. <laughs> To protect her and Kitsy, she'll keep watching, but from above. Okay, great. I love it. Sigh, darlings. I'll see you in a bit. <laughs> Give me a coordination roll with any athletics to leap into the rafters holding a cat carrier in one hand. I've got a six and a two on the dies. You get up there, but it is not your most graceful of climbs, but you have successfully gotten elevated and are out of arm's reach of anything below. This thing still has a move left in this turn, gets close enough to the fixer between flashes to snarl. It does not reach for you, but it stops within inches of your actual face. And that is its last action that round. Screaming continues to happen around you, echoing behind you in the hallways and the main gallery. When I popped out the sonic stylus, did it confirm for me whether or not this is actually a weeping angel or just some element of uh, Kovac's performance? I think common sense of what is happening around you and your own Time Lord senses, there was an itch before when you saw Alia fall. Like that's, that's like half of an equation that you don't even know you're looking at an equation. And now the math has resolved itself between actually witnessing this thing zig and zag across the floor, the fear you felt standing up to it and the reaction from others, you can in tune that it is, this is the genuine art. Where are we positioned in the ballroom and is Reflecting Labyrinth possibly behind the Weeping Angel? You all are here. Oh, we're in Kobex Suite, okay. You're, you're in the Kobex Suite where the thing actually happened. People Got have been it. racing down this way, this way, and behind you. This behind you is an open doorway Behind you is a mirror on this side of the display. Reflecting Labyrinth is on the other side in the heart of the, the ballroom proper. Companions, this does not appear to be part of the show. Let's retreat back to the ballroom and see how many of these people we can save. That is your speaking for the round between two more strobes of the, the lights overhead. The angel vanishes. One second it is within spitting distance of the fixer, the next it is gone. The screaming is still going on behind you, but the immediacy of the danger appears to have passed at least for the moment. There is screaming going on. There are, uh, you guys withdraw into the ballroom? Yeah, I think as Maeve is moving, her hands are still shaking, but she reaches into her pocket pulls out the note taker and switches it into record mode. Kitsy is going to claw along the rafters and keep the fixer and everyone in her sight. I'll help you if I can, darling, but I'm staying right here. 
Moopsie, probably from her carrying case, will give a very encouraging. Moopsie! What happened to Magna? What happened to Artemisia? Fixer, give me a ingenuity and knowledge roll with plus two for Time Lord training. And the auditor has just done a roll of same. Uh, actually, very nice. I got a six and a six for a total of 21. You know exactly what this is. Weeping Angels are a requisite course. Like, studying them in the doctoral program is the utmost dangers that you are educated on. This creature is going to attempt to come at you every time you blink. The strobing lights is going to allow it to travel whether or not you're blinking, which makes it a little tougher. In fact, Auditor, my dear, can you please uh, regulate those lights back into a normal position so we don't give our enemy more advantage? He says on it, rolls five on the dice, but at least there aren't any ones, and raises a uh, sonic to the lights in the ballroom. Steady. That is the range of, of a sonicking at that success level. Don't let it touch you. Don't let it get near you. These creatures will end your life as you know it if they get their claws on you. They will eat your time and dump you somewhere. We don't, there's, there's no way of predicting. There's no way of knowing. He looks around at the portraits on the walls, the landscape that's at your back, just quickly eyes darting around. The auditor has broken out in a cold sweat. They have had nightmares about sweeping angels before. They start muttering under their breath about the image of an angel could also potentially become an angel, but fortunately there's just the, the, the one of them on board. That is when the overhead speakers that are on a timer, in the background there have been chatter from the captain of like, what's going on down there? Addressing that the deadlocks have locked into place once the robbery started with the Lowesgeld family, and that those deadlocks are still in place. This thing cannot get its way to the docking bay. It's not getting out on a spaceship. The captain's voice is suddenly drowned out by a pre-recorded portion of the voyage. Entering the orbit of the ultraviolet star. Are there any security cameras that are, lead to like a closed circuit feed around here? At advantage, give me an awareness roll. Awareness and intuition. 17. In your travels, you have become acquainted with the knowledge that seeing a little black glass dot somewhere probably means that there is a camera. And you look up and around, and with the auditor turning the lights up to extra bright in here, you catch the little glint off of off of the corners, tastefully ensconced in the molding, are little camera dots that are scoping out the ballroom, and presumably the rest of the ship. I grab the fixer's shoulders and point to them and go, we need to destroy those then. Look up towards the cameras. Maeve, that is a brilliant idea. Sonic stylus up and begin disabling the cameras. Give me an ingenuity and technology roll, plus two for Sonic. Calamity, please give me an awareness roll. Throw intuition on there, please. Okay, got a four and a four on the dice for a total of 17. With 17, including two from the Sonic, you are successfully able to short out the cameras in the immediate ballroom. You get a squawk of complaint from your personal pad that is locked on on position right now. You suddenly get the security chief's uh, face on the screen of like, what happened to the cameras in the ballroom? These creatures, the weeping angels, they can transfer using cameras. Make sure that you keep the lights bright and on. Make sure you're looking in all directions and whatever you do, don't let you or your crew get touched. Do you understand me? Touched by what? 
If you see it, you'll know. Calamity, what did you roll with that awareness and intuition? So I got a two and a one for a nine. A lot is happening right now. And with that one on the dice, you are doubly convinced that this is, that you are in no physical danger. Your guard is down as it can be for like a spooky haunted house. Like, is this a space Banksy? (laughs) 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 Space Banksy? (laughs) Tens across the board. (laughs) Maeve, give us an awareness and intuition roll, please. Okay, yeah, the auditor's no help in that one. Uh, A six and a four for a total of 17. You notice two things. The light splayed on the floor has faded somewhat from yellow or white light to something approaching a black light. That is what you have noticed with your eyes. What you have noticed with your ears is the screaming from the people fleeing the angel that was in the Kobeck suite started to die down across the gallery hall A and gallery hall B. And somewhere in the last 30 seconds, that screaming has started up again louder from Gallery Hall A and Gallery Hall B. I think we need to follow the sound of screaming, and I'm going to point to the two galleries and start heading that direction. Calamity. This may seem like part of the show, but let me assure you it isn't. Someone has set up a very dangerous and deadly trap. Okay. She winks at him. We cut to Kitsy in the rafters of over the Kobeck suite. So you have an excellent line of sight to what is happening in the gallery hall B. Just as these, not quite as rich as you, but hoity-toits, have been cramming themselves like secondhand sardines down the hallway. Decidedly back in, darling. The light from overhead, starlight through the Vinvachi skylights that line the ceilings of gallery halls B and A darkens and softens into something between pink and black. You can't see what's on the walls from your perspective because you are looking diagonally down towards the hallway, but you can make out people in uh, the hallway gallery hall A are screaming and fighting with something pulling them closer to the walls themselves. Fixer, as you head for the lobby, do you turn towards gallery B, gallery A? I'm going to follow Maeve's instinct on this. I'll be looking directly at her. Maeve stops in indecision and then just starts sprinting down Gallery Hall A. Maeve takes off. Add one story point for leaping into action. Calamity. Add one story point for dwelling so blissfully (laughs) in your little dome of ignorance. Fixer. Add one story point for successfully sonicking off the cameras and uh, advising the security guards, you reach Gallery Hall A and come to a halt. You can see flickering intensity of the ultraviolet glow through the skylights intensifies on these walls. Anywhere you see a painting with a little eye, a single hash mark represents a portrait. There is a 50-50 chance on that portrait that painted on top of the person staring from from inside the frame in ultraviolet visible paints an angel is reaching out of the painting made of two-dimensional glowing paint with claws flickering and blowing off of the portrait snatching and struggling with people in arm's reach these things are flickery fast they are not quite as mobile as the concrete, the stone angel you saw, 
but before your eyes, an unfortunate person nudged up against a portrait, a paint angel flicker flickers and has their claws in their arms. The person screams, flickers and vanishes, and the paint has solidified. Uh, it is still two-dimensional, but the paint is that much more solid coming out of the painting as screaming continues. Okay, Are I the lights plan... still flickering in the hallway? Any flickering from here is from the the intensity of the ultraviolet star. There are lights overhead, and if the intensity of them was turned up, it might drown out the UV glow enough to give some safety. Kitsy cares about the fixer and his crew that she wouldn't let Maeve take off headlong into Gallery Hall A, especially with her vantage point, without saying like, stick to the middle, darling, the middle, the middle. <laughs> duck and weave, duck and bob. Like, not the sides, darling. I want to see you again. <laughs> if we're at that bottom section, there is a turbo lift to our left, correct? Can we take that turbo lift to the other turbo lift on the right, further up the hall next to the sculpture? And if so, can we grab the sculpture, activate the stasis thing, pop the people that are trying to survive in that top part of the hallway directly into Waiting Feast? and then pop back into the turbo lift to pop back out the turbo lift we came from originally to then use that other angle to pop the rest of the people into waiting feats. That is entirely possible. Okay, so this is actually going to be a bravery roll because getting close enough to that speed evader is going to require the courage to get closer to something that is trying to eat your time. Yeah, there is a portrait right next to it, so. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fixer. You're the Time Lord leading this operation. Evens or odds? I'll take odds. That is a nine. The closest painting, the closest portrait to that uh, speed evader is benign. Oh, thank the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Are you piling into the speed evader? Maeve stops and looks towards Gallery Hall B. Somebody has to warn them. The auditor reaches out a hand for Maeve's, like, easy with two. Yeah, I grab the auditor's hand. Can we take the Speedy Vader after them to move to the Speedy Vader on the other side of the lobby? You want to take this one to this one? Yeah. Absolutely. Calamity, you're having a great time while this is going on. Did the fixer explain this plan in any way or... Simple plan. We're going to go into this elevator, pop out that elevator. We're going to step out over there, activate this device. It's going to pop them into that wall. Then we're going to step back into that elevator, out this elevator. <laughs> then we activate the device again and pop them into that same wall. I might need you to wrangle people. Sure. Clarity's going to come with. She is going to, I guess, turn on the flashlight on her smartphone because she has gotten the idea that, you know, whatever LARP is going on here, lighting lighting is important. She's going to just have light and then see see what see what good comes of that. Before Maeve leaves with the auditor, she looks back over her shoulder at both of you, all three of you, and says, don't die. You too. Since Kitsy is in the rafters, presumably closer to all the overhead lights, I want to help my friends, man. Like, is there anything that I can do to, like, help follow them with a spotlight of steady light? Or, like, Moopsie can go down gallery A while, while I go down gallery B from above? The Kobik suite has stage lighting so that there is rigging overhead that you can climb around in. That overhead rigging does not necessarily extend to the other rooms, especially if there is also a skylight. But what if we have extension cords? 
I'm sure you have extension cords. I mean, you you spared no you and Alia spared no expense. Spared no expense, darling. Moopsie's carrying case is a quite a fancy little carrying case, and I am sure that there are extension cords hanging inside the carrying case. Kitsy has sponsored enough theater summer camps to know how to rearrange the rigging. I'm sure she's at least heard of Weeping Angels before. They're an intergalactically known danger. I did do the underwriting for every eventuality, darling. So yeah, I think you could conceivably take one of the spotlights from that and turn it around so that it is now shining down the hallway to Gallery B. Um, that will be a coordination and technology role. <laughs> Kitsy is going to open the cage and be like, Moopsie, Moopsie, come to mommy, come to mommy. Oh, good girl. Okay, here you go. Extension cord, follow mommy, do mommy's actions, okay? Moopsie! And Moopsie is going to mirror whatever Kitsy's doing so Moopsie can cover gallery A and Kitsy can cover gallery B. Moopsie has strength but not opposable thumbs. Can't she carry it in her teeth? Moopsie is going to be at disadvantage to try and turn a light around towards Gallery A uh, because she lacks opposable thumbs. Moopsle. <laughs> we know she's stronger than the average kid. Meanwhile, in the Speedy Vader, the Fixer and Calamity pop out of the, let's call it the elbow joint of Gallery Hall A right next to a Christmas tree of crystal balls and a little cup of matches. Opposite you, there are three oil paintings that have uh, come to life. The light overhead still shines in glorious purple, and every time there is a communal blink, the angels that are stretching out of portraits are snapping and grabbing for cowering, terrified guests on the ship. Slide forward, grab the appropriate orb off the uh, crystal, pop mm -hmm. it up, light the match, use the cover of the vase to dodge and weave under their hands as I try to safely get everyone out of their out of their grip and into waiting feast. <laughs> Fixer, add two story points because you are trying to save as many people as you can and you are using the tools at your disposal to do so. Okay, so this is going to be an ingenuity and technology roll plus Time Lord versus 21 to fire the stasis cube at the collected rich people that are uh, on the north-facing side of Gallery Hall A. I would like to use three of my story points because saving these people is that important to me. Three story points are enough to activate the stasis cube in a flash. The bewildered, wealthy people that are not yet cramming themselves into escape pods, and suddenly they are seated, bewildered, at the actual table behind Waiting Feast, looking around in complete shock. They cannot move, they are frozen, but they appear to be in absolutely no harm whatsoever. Two or three of them have little napkins now, tucked into their fancy fancies. Calamity. That's a nice big bowl of matches right next to you, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, more light, more light, I guess. I will say that it's not it's not super clear to me how much that light is going to help. Like what am I looking for here exactly? 
Would you like to spend a story point for inspiration? Okay. These are matches. Those angels on the walls are made out of oil paint. Ooh. Huh. Okay. Cut to Maeve and the auditor stepping out of the Speedy Vader on the western side of the lobby, staring up into a hallway with portraits on both sides of the walls. Maeve, as you are the protagonist facing this danger, I'm going to ask you for evens or odds on the closest on the right first. Odds. That is a seven. That one is benign on the far side of the wall on the left. Evens or odds? Evens. That is a seven. <laughs> on the left wall, right here where the mouse is, an angel is reaching out under an ultraviolet star, grappling with a rich person. Can I pull them out of the way? <laughs> this is going to be a strength roll. Throw survival in there because you are trying to help someone survive. I got uh, double fours for an 11. I'm afraid that is not going to do it at the moment. The angel is holding on with a total of 14. If you want to spend a story point, you can break their grip. I will spend a story point on it. And as I'm doing this, I'd like to call to anyone else. Is there anyone else trying to get down the hallway or is this the last person left? You pull this person and you both fall to the floor with a thud out of the reach of the angel overhead. You look up the hallway. There is another angel on the right side of the hall. Looks more solid to you as it reaches for another person. However, with the light levels at their currents, the angel makes the mistake in the blink of an eye of looking at the mirror on the wall that is right here in the elbow. And that angel is currently frozen solid as someone falls back on their backside underneath it. Cut to Gallery Storage, London, 1889. Kit has just thrown you to the floor and landed on top of you as the two men with cudgels, but the one has the bust in his hand and the other reaches for a wrench that they brought with them moving towards you. Kit rolls you out of the way of this hallway, just whispers in your ear, stay down, stay down, keep your eyes open. As behind you, around the corner, since you've lost the line of sight, you hear screaming, followed by air emptying. Suddenly, the clang, clang, clang of a wrench dropped to the floor. Then a scream and another. The other male voice in the room has vanished. And then all there is, is the rain. Is Kit still beside me? Without taking their eyes off you, fumbling in pockets for a book of matches and they tear one off and light it and there is a small glow of orange now in the room. I'm going to stay down, but I'm gonna peek around to try to see down the hallway. You peek down the hallway, closer to the door that has been jimmied open from the outside. There was a crate that has been pried open and a bust left in the straw. The statue previously behind you has made it to the doorway. You have no idea how this thing is solid stone. There one second, here the next. A 
clink, and the statue is gone. The door behind it, wide open, and there is no sign of the statue was ever here in the first place. Kit comes around beside you and puts a hand on your shoulder. You listen to me, Maeve Sullivan, and you reflect well. We forget this ever happened, yeah? Yeah. Cut to you, confused as hell, getting to your feet, helping this person up as lights flash overhead and the paint angel is stuck, staring at itself in the mirror. The auditor comes up beside you with Sonic in hand. And with a seven on the dice, six and one uh, negating each other, Sonic's the lights overhead to brighten and brighten and brighten to the point that it washes out enough of the ultraviolet that the angels that are still stuck to the walls cannot get any closer. Can you keep them that way? There are two big mirrors in the ballroom. If we can move them on either side, we can trap them in here? I like your line of thinking. I like it quite a lot. They swallow, try and inch further up the hallway. Cut to Fixer and Calamity. You were here. Do you still want to return back down to this speedy vader? Are there still a bunch of people in that hallway in between or no? There are one or two that are uh, scrambling to get in escape pods. Excellent. I'm going to point to the reaching out ultraviolet angel, turn to Calamity and say, Calamity, that right there is going to try to kill everything it touches. Okay. Fixer, you took your eyes off the painting. You knew what was in it and turned around anyway. Lose one story point. Okay. You turn to explain and behind you, you hear a scream. He's literally telling Calamity to, to look at it while he's doing that. So Calamity's looking at it, right? Let's roll to see if he, get, if he breaks your line of sight when he says, like, that thing. <laughs> okay, so this is gonna be coordination on the fixer's part and awareness on Calamity's. Okay, can I make an argument for using intuition in that if I learned about these things, I would yes. make the point of keep, trying to keep my eyes on it? I'll allow it. Got an 11 with a four and a two. Yeah, so I have a one and a two for a five. Yeah, I'm going to say that between the two of you, it's like, I am sorry the fixer turned turned his back on an angel and accidentally got in the way and broke Calamity's line of sight. Okay, the bad news is an angel got their grips on him. Uh, now we're going to roll to see if how they do in the wall. That is a nine with nothing special. We're going to roll for the person who rolled a nine with a six and a three on the dice. Um, so they are able to last long enough to tear their arm away. You hear canvas tearing and ripping as they pull their hand away, cradling what is now a broken wrist with cuts, gashes from the claws. Calamity's not 100% sure, like setting things on fire is is in the scope of whatever it is that's going on here, you know, LARP wise, but she's just gonna do it. And if it's bad, then they'll yell at her. <laughs> so she's gonna light, I don't know, several of the matches. I mean, Calamity isn't super clear on how flammable an oil painting is. She'll probably do the jammer hand into a thing. Considering that you have succeeded the first fear factor with flying colors, I'd say that wouldn't be a problem at all for her. This would be a coordination roll. Sure. 
So please, at advantage, give us a coordination roll with plus two for the matches. Well, look at that. So I have a, a six and a four for a 14. We're going to make this a yes and. You light up the angel on the wall right here. The yes that we're going to involve here. Behind you, another rich person looks at the matches in your hand, just shouts up the hall, you can burn them! Well done. Add a story point for destroying your first weeping angel. It shrieks, goes up in flames, looks nightmarishly at you through its own burning paint, and then is gone. Nice, and no one yelled at her, so clearly this is fine. We still have the, uh, the panels with the security scan. I still then, if there are people still in range who are gonna get attacked by these things, I'd like to pop back through and get back to the, the mouth of Gallery Hall A at the bottom near the lobby and try to just get them into safety. You can absolutely do that, especially since the angel here has been rendered on flambe by Calamity. So yes, uh, this is going to be another Ingenuity, Technology, and Time Lord role versus 21 to safely wrap up the rest of the guests in this hall. Okay, we got an 18 with a four and a four on the dice. With no special things on the dice, it is no good. You cannot concentrate, but the good news is the person with the hurt wrist looks around, says, screw this, and gets in an escape pod and is shunted to safety. Excellent. That's the most important thing. At the top of the action round, we are in the Kovec suite, where Kitsy and Moopsy are both attempting, with coordination, to turn a spotlight towards Gallery Hall B and Gallery Hall A. Kitsy, this is going to be a coordination and technology roll at a difficulty of 14. I actually do have technology. So that's a three and two on the dice. I have a 10. Okay. No, you do not manage to turn the light all of the way. I would say that it is now forming a very bright spot directly beneath you. Let us take a look at Moopsy, who is also going to roll at a difficulty of 14, but she is going to be at a disadvantage because she does not have thoughts. <laughs> so <laughs> that is a two and a one, eight for Moopsy. Moopsle! She's not injured, but the spotlight does uh, spark and go out when she tries to move it. And there's just a, a spark and a pop from the far side of the suite. She's gonna like shake her head a little bit, look down. Whoopsie. Maeve, you are getting to your feet in Gallery Hall B with uh, the auditor there. Frightened rich people are trying to push their way towards the escape pods on the walls. They are in front of you. Okay. The guy who I rescued, is he, like, uninjured? He is uninjured. Okay. Auditor, can you help them to escape pods? I'm going to go get another mirror. Absolutely. He takes the, the gentleman's other hand, walks him down. Oh no, I need him. <laughs> oh, you need- <laughs> To help me okay. carry the mirror. It looks very large from here. Like, it looks <laughs> like it takes up most of the wall. <laughs> Which mirror are you trying to move? The one in the ballroom closest to me. Got you. Okay, so that's just going to be you cutting through the lobby, going in there. I'm asking the rich guy to help me because somebody should be in this hallway who knows what's going on. Got you. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, he agrees to join you and just follows along because you just saved his freaking life. Let's do a quick roll here. With an 11 on the dice, with a 6 on one of those dice, the auditor does a little crowd control for the rich folks in Gallery Hall B. 
We're going to move single file. Yes, that means you too, Mrs. Pendergast. Hold your way to the escape pods. Chop, chop down the middle of the hall. Try to evade the claws sweeping at you. Eyes open. Very good. Meanwhile, across the hall in Gallery Hall A, Fixer, Calamity. This hallway has been successfully evacuated of frightened guests with your help. Kudos to the both of you. Fixer, add a story point for successfully clearing Gallery Hall A. Yay, saving people. Turn to Calamity. We should probably reunite with Maeve and see how things are going in Gallery Hall B. Okay, hang on a sec. I'm going to set some commas on fire. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so Calamity, way before, um, when she was, you know, taking a caramel from from the, the snacks that were available, and it, they were stuck together, mm-hmm. so she just took the whole thing of caramels in one big mm-hmm. chunk. She's just going to go over and, like, pull her hand into the sleeve of her jumpsuit and hold the caramels up to the burning painting to, to get, like, a big glob of melted caramel. Nice. Her thought is that she can, like, maybe when they get to the other side, she can, like, throw it at the skylights and, and block the UV. She's not really thinking of practical plans. That's okay. Doesn't seem like high stakes. <laughs> it doesn't seem like high stakes. I guess not from Calamity's point of view. Fixer, Calamity, and Maeve run into each other with a random rich person who looks white as a sheet in the lobby, the southern entrance to the ballroom. Maeve, you're walking with purpose. Yeah, we're going to get that mirror and we're going to freeze the angels in the hallway. It worked. I saw it happen once. That is brilliant. Let's go uh, And then I'm just like, I say all this without pausing. I'm just moving towards the, the mirror <laughs> the entire time. Nice. Fixer, give me an awareness roll, please, with technology. Okay, got a six on the dice and a total of 13. The chief of security gets on the horn of the smart pad that you have, and you hear screaming from security over the the screen in your hand. Look at the screen, see what I can make out. Your screen is currently locked to the closed circuit of the security room proper. Men are backing away in fear as one man is transfixed by an angel reaching out of a closed security screen. The fabric of this particular angel is the static of the screen that it's reaching through. On your screen, you cannot make out at this distance what is on the security feed that it is reaching through. Good news, bad news. Good news, I know where the uh, angel that started this is. Bad news, they're in the security room. Maybe we could take mirrors and go armed? That's a very smart idea. (laughs) Okay. Calamity. Bruno hands you Alia Pence's clutch purse again, opens it, reaches in, pulls out a small hand mirror. So you've got one, at least. How how big do they have to be? (laughs) That's a really good question. I mean, it's all a question of perspective and perception. I would like to topple the mirror so it breaks into multiple pieces. That is going to require some strength. Fortunately, Bruno is on hand to assist you with that. I think he might be better suited than the, the, the pasty rich person. You are being assisted with this. Give me strength. The universe likes me. Uh, I got a five and a six for a 13. Nice. Everybody get out of the way. So Bruno is not quite so fortunate. He rolled a four with a one on one of the dice. So that's going to be yes, but territory for him or no, but territory. So he, he helps you get this thing crash 
because you already have tatters of fabric because of the slash mark you got before, you can safely gather up a piece of mirror big enough for, for you to feel safe behind. <laughs> Bruno cuts his hand, unfortunately, and it's gonna be awkward uh, to try and assist with that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll wrap my suit jacket, like or whatever is left of it around my hands <laughs> to protect them. Nice. And meanwhile, Calamity's just got this fistful of burning caramel caramelizing as this little sweet torch. <laughs> I've got a mirror and I'm not afraid to use it. Oh, mirrors. Maeve, that reminds me of when we first met. <laughs> yeah, that was slightly less scary than this one. And that was pretty scary. That was pretty scary. That was pretty scary. There is a speedy Vader here. The portraits in here uh, do not have any skylights overhead that can render them ultraviolet. So uh, is the plan to get in the speedy Vader and go to security? I that think that's what like we're doing. Can we look and try to find uh, Kitsy and Moopsy so we can wave them to follow us? Right behind you and above you, darling. Ah, there There's you a are. little picture in picture. <laughs> 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 Not like an eye. <laughs> but yeah, if Kitsy wants, she can hop down and take a convenient speed evader to follow them to security if she wants. Moopsie, come with mommy. Moopsie. Okay, I'm going to say they're like a turn behind you. Fixer, Calamity, Maeve, you pile into a speed evader with your various things in your hand, including a burning ball of caramelizing sugar. You make it to the entrance to security and step off. The screams in the banks line three walls to the left, to the right, and to the front of you. Around you, security men have started pulling blasters and firing at various screens to just try and break them. Unfortunately, with the person in the way struggling with this thing at one of the screens, they can't get a clean shot at that screen. They have successfully hit three of the six screens in here. Right now, that could potentially be a problem, leaving you with two plus the one in front of the security guard. It's a bit of a panic in here, a bit of mayhem. I well, would like to call to the guy who's struggling, Doc, and then hold the mirror up. <laughs> Presence and convince to shout over the din of everything else going on as this man is like, <laughs> Uh, a five and a six for a 17. That's better than what he rolled. He only rolled a five and that's a two and a three on the dice. He hears you over the din. He tries his best to get out of the way. An angel made of flickering closed circuit key is got him by the shoulders and is having an extremely difficult time holding on to him. But with advice from you, the poor security guard is thrashing even harder to try and get a line of sight when the angel catches its own reflection in the mirror you're holding. What I need from you now is a coordination role to hold on to the mirror and keep it steady so this thing keeps its own line of sight. Uh, coordination and anything else? Uh, let's say survival, because you're helping someone survive. Ah, uh, that's a little less good. Two and a one for a total of six. Can I spend any story points on it? You can absolutely spend some story points on this uh, because you are currently at no but territory. Two story points would get you to yes but territory uh, to hold on to this mirror and keep it steady enough for the angel to be thwarted. Uh, I will do that. 
you hold on to this mirror as I swear in your hands it gets hot because it is now holding the image back reflecting with the angel in question. It freezes like a paused image and the man shrinks out of it and tears up at the shoulders of his uniform as it goes. But because of the jagged nature of this thing that you're holding on and like the, the shaking, the trembling in your hands, um, you are going to lose a point in coordination for one hour. You have not seriously injured your hands, but gripping this thing has really put some hard cramp in your fingers. So the angel is currently frozen as a static image reaching out of one of the screens. The captain is shouting, kind of hard to make out what he's saying right at this second. Have you seen any others around the ship? Are we only dealing with one of these and the painted ones? Half the screens are smoked out wreckage from blaster bolts. The screens that are active do not show any additional stone angels outside of the one that is currently frozen in the screen in front of me. Kitsy and Moopsy step out of the speed evader. But what place does that screen show? The answer to that is engineering. Calamity, add one story point for an excellent question. The chief of security says engineering. What on earth would it want in engineering? That is when the angel that is frozen on the screen disappears completely. There is a burst of static on the screen in uh, engineering as the angel flickers from facing the screen to facing the generators and the power dips across the ship. The lights dim to 70% of what they were 10 seconds ago. To engineering, run towards the nearest uh, speed evader carrying that mirror. Okay, Moopsy, follow our friends, follow our friends. Kitsy, why would a weeping angel even be on this ship? And what would that connect to Artemisma's artwork? Well, it's funny you would ask that. It was the strangest thing. You know, I was watching her on the security cameras for a good two weeks before the entire exhibition began because, you know, it's me. She had this weird thing where every night it seemed like she was sleepwalking. I just presumed it was an artist thing, but it, apparently she was painting over the portraits, and I now I know why. Cut to the Kobex private suite where the auditor is looking around and holding up his own smartphone and he connects to the fixer. Like you get a little bedipadit on the, the smart tablet. It's like, it's not good news. Flipping through journals of Artemismas, it appears her tour of inspiration across the galaxy was not quite an empty experience as she would have us believe. It seems that she's been carrying this presence with her for quite some time. Oh, that's not good. How many different sites has she placed paintings like? The auditor explains, Artemisma found a weeping angel in a cave somewhere in the last 10 years and was successfully possessed by this entity through a sheer amount of willpower has managed to keep this angel at bay for years at a time. But the cost of that has been that it has been working against her the entire time. When she has slept, 
the angel has taken over. It has painted angels in invisible paint across half of her work. The good news is when Alia reached out through mediators uh, to Ms. Kobeck, they never met face to face, not once. Measures have been taken around the ship to try and put a trap inside the trap. Paintings that you've seen, the stasis cubes, these are measures that she put into place to try and minimize the damage of something she had absolutely no control of. The auditor looking around the room finds something and picks up a pristine copy of the art pamphlet, looks on the back and says, Calamity, didn't you, didn't you also receive a pamphlet? Look on the back. She does that. There is a line of portraits of Alia Pence, the person that has, that has put most of this together over the years. And as the portraits go back further and further in time, Alia gets younger and younger in those portraits and looks more and more like Magda. Magda was shunted back into time, became Alia, who made it possible to prepare somewhat for this inevitability because it is a closed loop. Huh. See, I, I thought it was just us. But either way, that's weird, but right. <laughs> was I right, though, about not changing what's already happened, or is that all right? I mean, I'm sure we can change the really, really bad things, right? We're currently in the midst of events that, are already, that have already started taking place out of sequence. If Magda was meant to vanish into time to become Alia, that, those events have already happened. Well, yes, but she would have known the attack would have happened. It would have looped in a certain way. But I just, I find it so heartbreaking that Alia had all that time and, and never figured out a way to save uh, Artemisma. Some things are destined to end in heartbreak, darling. She was an artist. Thank you for that timeless wisdom, Kitsy. Oh, any time, darling. We could get back in the TARDIS. We could find her on her journeys. We could help her, right? These events have already happened. Artemisma has become a weeping angel. It is too late to, to save her. Auditor, if she could be turned into a weeping angel, is there a process by which we could reverse that? I do not think it is possible for, for us to undo a possession this strong, this long in the making. How do you get rid of one that isn't made out of paint? On one of the remaining working screens, it toggles to closed circuit of Gallery Hall B and the landscape on the wall of Eternal Visions. And then a closed circuit from a vantage point in the lobby catches a view of Reflecting Labyrinth in the ballroom. Remind me what Reflecting Labyrinth looks like. Reflecting Labyrinth is an overhead maze, a hedge maze with mirrors at various corners, someone in that labyrinth would get a fairly good view of themselves. Do you think we could trap it in one of the paintings? We took things out of them, so could we put things into them? That should be quite simple. In fact, I just put a bunch of people into one and they looked okay. So we could put it in the labyrinth, right? <laughs> oh, I like that, darling. Make them a victim of their own art. Power dips again. The lights go from 70% brightness to 60% brightness. How are we going to draw them from engineering to the ballroom? Oh. Fixer, give me an ingenuity and technology roll, please. And add two for Time Lord. Throw on the scanner, use the sonic. Unfortunately, I got a one on one of the dice for a total of 15. 15 Sorry, total of 14. 
So with a one on the dice, this is going to be a yes, but. Yes, it occurs to you, weeping angels do not just feast on time. They have also feasted on radiation. And the generators that are currently powering the abundance are a form of energy that the angel can soak up. If you were to shut off the generators, the angel would have no reason to stay in there. The but is that you cannot shut the generators off from security. Do the speed evaders still work if the power's shut off? The security guy says, yes, the speed evaders are one of the backup systems since they are the only means of conveyance from certain parts of the ship to other certain parts of the ship. Good, that's less awkward then. (laughs) (laughs) So we head to engineering, shut it off, and trick the weeping angel into the painting? That is an option. You could also try to shut it off from the bridge. I was just going to point out, Moopsie has heard the word distraction and lure and has popped up over Kitsy's shoulder. Moopsie? We need me or the auditor in position to be able to activate it when the weeping angel comes into the position we need it to be. Correct. Right. This is fine. You go, one of you go to the bridge to turn off the power. Um, Maeve and I can go to engineering to lure it into a speed evader, and then the other one of you can be by the painting, so when we come out, you can do the thing. Sounds like a plan. How are we going to lure it? Well, (laughs) after the power's turned off, it will want to eat us, right? Okay. Very true. All right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) We montage. (laughs) Send the auditor to the bridge. I'm going to be the one at the painting. I think our best bet is to lure it from Speedy Vader to Speedy Vader, because we can't outrun it, but we might be able to step into a Speedy Vader fast enough. If we just sort of flick the mirrors, like occasionally, just let it get a little closer at a time until it's in the elevator. And then... <laughs> it's fine. There's no way this could go wrong. <laughs> There's no way this could go wrong. Okay, the auditor is going to the bridge to attempt to shut the generators down. And gets an 11 with a six on those dice. You hear over the smartphone him arguing with the captain, uh, like just in the (laughs) background chatter of, shut the power down, are you mad? Like, yes, you're mad, shut the power down. For the sake of drama, you guys are in the speed evader when the power dips and just briefly, emergency power on. And just immediately, bing, boom. Fixer, you step out onto a quiet floor of the ballroom. Your footsteps echo across empty marble. Bing, boom. Maeve, calamity. The speedy Vader doors open. Engineering, it is almost pitch black in here. But for the burning caramels that calamity is carrying in one hand, as you have this mirror in the other, Kitsy, where did you go? Did you go with the fixer? Kitsy and Moopsie went with the fixer because Moopsie's got a deep love affair with the fixer and she's not going to let him out of her sight. That's legit. Moopsle. <laughs> Maeve, Calamity, please give me an awareness and survival role in the darkened room of engineering. This is to get your eyes adjusted without blinking too much. I got a three and a two for a ten. Well, so I have a six and a six for a fifteen. That's beautiful. Nice. Your eyes immediately adjust to the lowered light. This may not be your first time carrying burning candy. Probably not. You are able to perfectly see it's back to you. The angel looking frustrated with its body language at the generators that are now. Maeve, calamity. 
You are in the same room as a weeping angel with its back to you. Dare you blink? I have the mirror held up. You do indeed. You could also taunt this thing. I'm gonna shout at it. Hey, <laughs> you! Look at us! We're tasty little things! <laughs> Presence and convince. Really? I didn't say it was gonna be a good roll. <laughs> a five and two for a 13. That's not gonna happen. I got a 10 with a six and a four on the dice move before you have the other stats. You say that, Blink, and the thing's head turns just a little bit. It does not look like it leapt at the bait. This is your first time in the presence of something this severe. What is Calamity thinking and feeling right now? Well, she's beginning to suspect that something might actually be going on here. She's not 100% sure yet. But either way, she wouldn't really change what she's doing. She knows that they really need to get it in the elevator. So she's like, okay, Maeve, stand up against the wall to the side of the door facing into the elevator so the mirror's not visible, right? And then I'll just stand in the middle. Okay, I'll do as Calamity says. And then I'll just, Calamity will just stand there with the, you know, flaming caramel and deliberately lower her mirror and just be like, I'm closing my eyes at you. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and we are now in an action round. So if I understand this correctly, you can all see the mouse moving around engineering here. Calamity is here before the door, and Maeve line of sight is down this uh, alcove on the far side of these generators, yes? Yes. The angel is here. By the, the edges of its gown, an engineer lies prone on the floor, quite possibly dead. A stone angel at full strength has four moves a turn as Calamity blinks and blinks and blinks and blinks to try and invite it closer. It cuts that distance in half and then half again to the point where it is extremely close. Calamity, you have options. Are you going to back into the speed evader? Are you going to raise the mirror again? How exactly would you like to? The idea is for, for me to be like as far back as I can get in the speed evader because we have to get it in there because if it's mm -hmm. frozen, we can't, like, it'll be frozen in the wrong place. True. You are backed up into the speed evader. Are you attempting to stay in a speed evader long enough for the angel to join you in it or are you going to try and get out of its way? No, that is the idea. Like, gotta, gotta get it all the way in the speed evader. Okay. This is going to be coordinated with Maeve who will need to blink in order to uh, allow the angel to get into it, because between one blink of an eye and the next, with Calamity holding her little hand mirror in one hand and the burning caramel in the other, is backed up against the interior wall of the Speed Evader. Maeve blinks, and in a flash, the angel is at the doorway to the Speed Evader with its claws inside the doors, preventing them from closing. Yeah, we have to, like, one of us has to at the same time, right? At the same time. We have to blink just, at the same time, but that thing just, is gonna move. Just a, li just a little bit. <laughs> uh, okay. We go on three. Okay. One, two, three, blink. Cloudy just closes her eyes all the way. <laughs> To, to make sure that the timing works out. Is it possible for me to get into the elevator before it closes? Maeve would not willingly leave uh, Calamity alone. The distance from here, I would say, would be at least a turn's width to cheese it to the thing, especially since we have established that the speed evaders are unfortunately quite speedy. 
Maeve opens her eyes again. The doors are already sliding shut. Calamity, you are in the Speedy Vader with the angel. Its wings are circling so that it's not just scraping the backs of the Speedy Vader. Its first action in that round is to get into the Speedy Vader. So as the door is shut, you hear a thump as Maeve kind of runs into the doors. <laughs> with its second action, there is just a crunch. Calamity, are your eyes still closed? Or are you opening them again? Well, if I hear the doors close, then mm -hmm. I'll open them. You open your eyes and the angel is about you. Its wings are blocking most of the door behind you and it has reached out to block the mirror in your hands. It has its fingers currently stretched around the edges of the mirror so that it cannot be caught in that particular gaze. Very sensible. And now you have this thing in front of you with not quite dripping, but razor sharp teeth and claws in your very close proximity. Okay. Is the speed evader like voice controlled or is there like buttons? It's voice controlled. <laughs> the ballroom where we can see the labyrinth painting. Ballroom, <laughs> northeast. <laughs> Fixer, the speed evader has just arrived with a weeping angel with its back to you lit from inside the speed evader as burning caramels flicker, casting its shadows that spread further and further across the floor in your direction. Keep my eyes firmly on it and say, team, if you're in there, come out slowly. Keep your eyes on it as you move. I don't think I can super do that in the way. It's fine. Just do the thing. Can you do it from here? Does it have to be outside? We gotta get it outside. We gotta get it ha at least halfway across that ballroom floor. Uh... Fixer. Calamity could be a tasty morsel for this thing, but you are a Time Lord. You have all the time in the universe. Once Maeve realizes she can't get in the Speedy Vader with Calamity, she'll take the other Speedy Vader up towards, uh, like, Gallery A and make her way to the ballroom, just for whenever she does arrive. Maeve starts cheesing it for the Northwest Speedy Vader in engineering. Kitsy, you are in the ballroom with Moopsy. I presume you are somewhere on the central floor around Hyun? No, they're gonna stick really close to the, the fixer. So you guys are roughly here, so that you have line of sight of both the Speedy Vader and the Reflecting Labyrinth. I'm gonna move over to the uh, painting number two on the left side of the ballroom, make sure my back's towards that, and make sure that uh, Kitsy and Moopsy are a little further down from me, so if it comes at us, it's gonna hit, go for me first. Very smart. Yell out to Calamity. Calamity, I'm gonna need you to close your eyes and trust me. Oh, see, I now. was gonna say that to you. Oh, good, good, well, I trust you. Let's do it, ready? And the second I close my eyes, I'm gonna yell out, you stupid little temporal parasite. I would say that's successful taunting. There is a screech like nails down a chalkboard. With my eyes still closed, I'm raising up the orb thing, the crystal. So that way, even if it's about to grab me, it's still the, the entire length of my arm and the orb away from me. Kitsy is definitely going to look at the fixer like pretty impressed. Like she didn't know he had that kind of taunting 
in him. With Moopsy and Kitsy in line of sight, are they going to blink so that the angel can try to take the bait? Kitsy trusts everyone, so she's gonna be like, okay, darling, here we go. At the start of the round, the fixer taunts the angel and closes his eyes. The angel has up to four actions for its first. It will turn and emerge from the televator. For its second, it will grab one of the crystal balls that are immediately to the right of the door and throw it with all of its might at the fixer to try and scuttle his concentration. It misses, but right at your side, you hear as glass shatters an inch past your head. And with its third, with glass now on the floor, you can actually hear the crunch underfoot as the stone angel lands right on top of that glass, which luckily tells you exactly when you need to open your eyes. Open eyes and then stare at it. <laughs> stare hard. You open your eyes and the angel millimeters from ripping you to pieces in the next round. Well, I'm gonna use my last story point to make sure I can activate the device, send it into that uh, reflecting labyrinth behind it. As it's hopefully getting sent into that thing, say to it, we would have let you live if you had let Artemisma live. Give us an ingenuity and technology roll, plus Time Lord versus 21. Okay, got a four and a three on the dice for a total of 17. But I did spend that one story point, so hopefully that helps. Moopsie also has a story point. I would say that with the connection between Moopsie and the Fixer, if Moopsie wants to donate a story point of moral support since she's in the room, she absolutely can. Moopsie and Kitsy are going to look at each other. Yes, darling, go ahead. Moopsie! And Moopsie will jump back on the Fixer's shoulder and glare. Adding the story point of encouragement brings you to a yes but on top of the 17 and your own story point. The angel looks at you. The glass stasis cube whines and grows extremely hot for a heart's beat. For the merest moment, the ball might crack in your hands, but all of a sudden it glows and the angel vanishes. You blink and in reflecting labyrinth in the heart of the maze now, surrounded by mirrors, the angel is frozen because even if image of an angel were to become an angel, this would be the image of an angel looking at itself. So it's going to be powerless in here forever. That's when you breathe again. <laughs> Moopsie's gonna like bonk him on like with her head, like on his cheek and just be like, Moopsie. Thank you, Moopsie. I don't know if I could have done that without you. <laughs> Calamity, are you okay? As far as I know. Oh, good. Wait, wh where's Maeve? The speedy Vader opens and out steps Maeve. <laughs> Maeve is at a full sprint running towards them. <laughs> Skids to and a stop on the ballroom floor. Even Kitsy's like, oh, good. What happened? Is it over? We were able to secure the Weeping Angel in that painting. There's a squawk of static and the auditor comes over the smartphone 
Has the situation been resolved? We do need to restart the generators if we're going to have any hope of returning to space dock. Auditor, that's a great idea. Please restore power to the ship. I have to go over to Gallery Hall A and start letting some of the hoity-toities out of the painting we stored them in. I'd like to look around. Is the uh, the gray scarf that Artemisma and Magda were using in their art exhibit still here? Maeve crosses into the Kobeck suite and finds the long, gray, ashy scarf where Magda dropped it when she vanished. I pick it up and kind of wrap it around my hands into like a manageable fold and then stick it in my pocket. Cut to a montage of resolution as the hoity-toities, there's a glow and a soft flush and they stumble out of the painting, one with a turkey leg in his hand, another with a lobster fork dazzled confusion. Calamity, I think, has safely disposed of the burning candies without actually incinerating or hurting her hand. Probably put them out and then just started eating, but... (laughs) Cuts to Calamity just like... Dipping some of the pickles in there. (laughs) Salt and sweet go together. And then Kitsu would have followed the fixer, so like as the hoity-toities come out of the painting, like eat, like one by one, it's always like, thank you for coming, you signed waivers, have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Kitsy, you really do throw the best parties. Oh, thank you, darling. Wait until the next one. As the <laughs> civilians have been let out and the ship has pinged the transponders from all the escape pods that left on the way out, there is already talk among the, the hoi polloi of like, is that a time lord? There's a time lord here? Did we get our lives saved from an actual weeping angel by someone from Gallifrey? As the abundance safely cruises back to space dock, the deadlocked hatchway to the parking bay and hisses back open where the frightened valet standing there behind his trembling clipboard. Okay, darlings, well, have a good time. Moopsie, come with me. And Moopsie's gonna, like, give a last little bonk to the fixer, hop back to Kitsy, and they're gonna saunter off to her extremely fancy pink ship. Wave goodbye to them as they go. <laughs> fixer, Maeve, Calamity, do you guys have any burning questions? Do you have any last things you want to speak to the crew of the ship or anything like that before you head out? Who owns this ship now? It would probably fall to Kitsy as the underwriter, since the Lowesgeld and Alia have expired. Kitsy is the remaining surviving member of the special arts board. What are you going to do with Artemisma's last works? In the time that it has taken for the crew and the passengers to get back to their ships, get a health check and make sure they're doing okay, Bruno and museum staff have crated up the Time Lord artworks as well as the remaining stasis cubes into containment crates and have delivered them to uh, outside the TARDIS. I was just going to ask if maybe somebody should like wash the, the, the portraits, get the UV off of there. Like I could see Kitsy like throwing over his shoulder, you keep the paintings darling, but I suggest you give them a scrub first. With lights on as bright as they possibly can be, cleaning staff approach the portraits very carefully, start crating them up for safe cleaning. I definitely want to make sure that we take all the paintings with us, but most importantly, I want to make sure eternal vigilance is set to the side so that way we can return that species back to their uh, homeworld. 
the Atraxi? Have no fear, the Atraxi will be uh, released out of service. Fixer returns to the console room of the TARDIS, and Calamity and Maeve enter with their wardrobes in tatters, and uh, the auditor just idly mentions removing his helmet. Is like, don't worry, we've got excellent uh, tailoring here. We'll, we'll get those patched up for your next to-do. There is a from the dispatch, and a container slides down and arrives Fixer's console. Head over, open it up, look at it, see what sort of excitement awaits. Job well done. Oh, this is clearly for you guys. Hand it over to uh, Maven Calamity. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is that from your people? Uh. That's a way to put it, yeah. This is exclusively, explicitly from the doctoral program addressed to the fixer in gold leaf lettering, congratulating you as stoically as they can for a job well done. Well, that's good. It's something I've known all along, which is that the two of you have genuinely made the universe a better place. The auditor raises an eyebrow at the fixer and is like, I do believe they had some help from you in that department, old boy. Yeah, I mean, you did great. I do admit that cause and effect usually go in the right order, but I would say that the three of you have acquitted yourselves most beautifully here. Well done. So when are we going back to help Artemisma and Magda? We can stop all this from happening, right? Pull the book that I've been making notes in since our first journey together out from my pocket, slide it across the console towards Maeve and say, what about all of them? But, I mean, it would be so easy. Artemisma spent 10 years alone preparing for this work. We can just go back during that time. And that would change our interaction with her, which we can't do. I've been puzzling back and forth since we figured out what was going on, how we could go back and fix this without causing a time paradox. You remember that rift we ran into? Yes. Remember how destructive that was? Yes. We don't want to be causing more of those. If we can figure out how to fix it without causing one of those, without actually altering the experiential history that we experienced, then we can do it. But honestly, I've been racking my brains and I, I really can't figure out a way to do it. And I'm really frightened of creating that type of rift without the ability to fix it. Fixer, give me an ingenuity and technology role and add to for Time Lord, the sensors on the TARDIS console are lightly beeping. Okay, we got an 18 with a six on one of the dice. The TARDIS sensors detected that a time loop has opened, stabilized, and closed in events here. Maeve, Calamity, you see this? I'm not sure that I understand it. <laughs> okay, well, what, it, what it's trying to tell us is that we were successfully able to interact with a time loop and cause it to close properly instead of ripping the universe apart. I've been stuck in one of those before, and um, I don't know if I could really go back into one of those again. I, I, I don't think I would have gone on this mission if I would have known this was going to happen. But um, I can't in good faith reopen a time loop. The auditor reaches out with a to put a hand on the fixer's shoulder and hand him a cup of tea. 
It's all right. You did the right thing. Wasn't it a good thing, though? Because Alia, like, knew what was going to happen. For Alia, yes. From my point of view, Alia doesn't need to be jotted down in that book. She lived a long, happy life. It just wasn't in the order she expected. But Artemisma never asked to be taken over by that creature. And their love was destroyed by that creature. Hmm. From another perspective, Artemisma did everything in her power to minimize the damage from an angel she knew she was carrying. Magda still got to live a full life. Artemisma lived a full life. Maeve uh, slides the book across to the fixer and kind of pats their shoulder, walks to the side of the TARDIS and sits down and just begins to wrap the gray scarf around her hands. So, at some point in the 10 years, Artemisma got possessed by a weeping angel. So, before that, we find her, take her back to wherever Magda went and became Alia, let them live together for a while, and then bring Artemisma back to where we took her from, and then she can go on and do whatever she already did. Immediately turn to the auditor and say, do you still have those papers you had from before that listed her marriages and such? I do. Okay, quickly, let's look through it. What is the time where it looks like she's traveling alone and not involved with any of these couples or groups? This is how time works, right? You just have to make things happen in an order. I love where your guys' heads are at. All three of you, please add a story point to begin the next round. That was actually just Dora explaining because Calamity was just going to do this without asking. Like, <laughs> just just when everyone went to sleep, you know, tried, tried to have a moment with the TARDIS and be like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but you do. This, is, this sounds like a good idea, and it's nice. Don't you want to do nice things? She has a high persuade. Can I use that last story point? to find the name on the list of spouses she has that is just clearly a an anagram for the Artemisma. Cut to 60 years in the past on new, 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 Chicago, where a small art gallery is opening, Alia, not yet named Pence, in her 50s, has about 10 years before she's involved with anyone else when walking through the door with a faded by time over multiple uses gray scarf Artemis Makobek in a disguise walks in with an envelope in Time Lord Goldleaf and a sputtering Alia in her mid-50s is what what are you what are you doing here? How is this possible? And the words don't worry about it have been <laughs> emblazoned on the surface of the envelope and Alia tears into this thing. Over this, three simple sheets of paper inside this envelope are a series of dates and places where they can spend time together over the next 10 years. Moments they can steal together where Artemisma vanished for research for weeks at a time that she got to spend with Alia. They just break into smiles and start giggling as we hear the 
of a red painted wooden glass watch repair shop fixing time for star-crossed lovers as it fades away outside of a gallery. You guys are, wow, 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 <laughs> wow. No one has ever cared that much about Alia and I Artemisma. care so much about Alia and Artemisma. I've... Folks, that was actually Gallery of Fear. I am delighted to go around the table with you and deal out some precious, tasty experience points, starting this time with Dora. My goodness, your unsinkable approach to making sure that there is hope for the hopeless and tying an extra bow on a closed time loop. I, I, I bow, I bow humbled to your creativity, your empathy, and uh, please take three experience points for pulling a sweet, happy ending from the jaws of, well, it was a time loop and so forth. Um, I was going for like poetically bittersweet and you got us right into like, but wait, there's still a chance, isn't there? Um, yeah, no, three experience points to you. Freaking kudos. Um, Thank you. What surprised you about about part three of, of Gallery of Fear for us? Well, the main thing that surprised me was that, you know, uh, I misheard Alia and like, I'd just been operating under the assumption that we were going to go meet her later back in time. And thus, you know, that was that was predestined. And so, you know, Calamity could be like literally, you know, throw herself at a weeping angel and it would be fine because it all worked out somehow. Mm -hmm. I did. I did have nine story points to make that go, <laughs> but it didn't it didn't come up. So so it's fine. I think nine story points would be just about enough to avoid any causal uh, damage to paradoxes. But yeah, uh, calamity spends now much better. Much better to use that on 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 uh, putting just an extra stitch in a time loop. Mm -hmm. A nice little flourish. A nice little flourish. They can never ever talk about it. Do you understand? We can never ever talk about it. But artists are reclusive and secretive, so I guess it's okay incredible my my metaphorical hat is off to you and it is on the floor with my jaw kate how oh my god oh my god mave is going to learn so many bad things about time from this um <laughs> how would mave report on today's incredible events i think mave would write an article describing the event and all of the art and the performance art that Magda and Artemisma started, but she wouldn't end the article by describing what happened to Artemisma and Magda. She would let them dance forever at the end of her article. That's beautiful. Oh my God. Bran? Yes. You lovely human. <laughs> what did you think of today's bizarre twists and turns? I thought it was wonderful. I honestly did not see some of the twists and turns with the Weeping Angel coming. Um, 
the uh, the use of the paint with the ultraviolet light. I thought that was brilliant. That was that was good stuff. Took me completely by surprise. Um, definitely took a while for me to sort of like figure out, okay, what am I going to do about this? And honestly, I really never did find a solution. So I was so happy that uh, Calamity was able to uh, find some solutions for that. <laughs> I mean, starving them of victims is a solution, which you achieved. So bravo. But yeah, the, the whole ultraviolet star thing was like this big Chekhov's gun hanging there. And I kept mm-hmm. thinking about it. I'm like, where is Casey going with this? And then things got too busy and I forgot about it. <laughs> the idea of using invisible UV paints to for Artemisma to adorn her pictures and have absolutely have no one have a clue was an early idea for this mod that I absolutely had to use. And that's when the Venbachi skylights got installed and everything. Maeve and Fixer both please take three experience points. This was a huge deal, and I don't think we could have crossed the emotional finish line we did without Maeve's desire there to help spark the idea and fix her just the compassion just radiating from the vocal performance. Yeah, three experience points to both of you. Hi, Murph. (laughs) Hey, Murph. A.E. Jones, our wonderful spouse and player of Kitsy Fansington and Moopsie. Wow. (laughs) This is different than we've ever played it. But given that uh, Artemisma is no longer a character uh, so much as a weeping angel, yes, Magda has been shunted back into time, back through time. Her lifeline has been eaten up. Alia is the person that got to meet you twice. <laughs> she liked your outfits twice. She accused uh, Kitsy of being a cat twice. Um, yep. And she <laughs> she knew in advance about the, the robbery because she remembered it happening the last time. The episode Blink was such an inspiration of like this person has just been ripped out of their own timeline and sent back God knows how many decades. And there's still a character in that episode that lives up until right about the time that they were snatched away, the police officer from the episode Blink. And I was like, what could we do with a character that has absolutely no interest in meeting their past self so that their timeline still syncs up with the original without causing too many wibbly-wobbly waves. And Alia Pence is the answer. Yeah, no one has ever even attempted anything to like try and give Artemisma and Alia a little asterisk of a happy ending. Oh no, people have just been like, we're getting the f- out of here so much for those people anyway moving on (laughs) the only thing that i was trying to point you to which is something that i thought was brilliant that another team did when we ran this mod a long long time ago is they realized that moopsie didn't blink and they and so what they did was like they had moops (laughs) it's kind of cruel but they basically just like had moopsie (laughs) and had eye beams (laughs) that's like the way that they they kept the weeping angels off of them was to be like, Moopsie, don't blink. And she's like, over. 
<laughs> but that being said, every time in brand, thank you so much for continuing to like go with me on this because Noopsy really, she just loves the fixer. And I don't think if, if you didn't play and you weren't the fixer as the fixer is, Kitsy would never trust you with Moopsy for a lot of reasons. That's fair. <laughs> Kudos to all of you for not only bravely facing one of the most dangerous creatures in the game, but also a creature that was not pulling his punches, like that goes four times in a turn. I tried my best <laughs> to stick to the quote unquote rules of the weeping angel that they don't move unless they're being per that they can move unless they're being perceived that anything that holds the image of an angel has the potential to become an angel there was the possibility that an angel might reach through one of your smart screens but the opportunity did not present itself and it would have jarred the, moment the momentum of the story actually proceeding great job everyone Maeve lovely to see another little corner of time back in the olden days wonderful <laughs> Yeah, awesome. that was really fun. <laughs> I would really, really, really like to give Maeve a story point for picking up the scarf. Mm. Yeah. That gutted me. It was such a good decision. And yet, as and even as I knew you were doing it, I was like, okay, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And I'm still like, <laughs> I was, that was fantastic. <laughs> Thank yes, you. By all means, if you have other nods you want to give to each other, please now, or highlights from the story in general, please. Uh, yes, Maeve going for the tragic keepsake of the scarf gut punch. It's going to come back. I'm going to use it again. Good. <laughs> I would like to give a story point to uh, Dora because I thought it was wonderful how not just in character she was, but specifically going for the hardest way to play the character in that mm. moment, which is the, well, this is clearly a show. This is clearly a performance. That's what I was led into in this moment. So I'm just going to believe this is how they do their performance. Like that was really fun. Yes. No, D Dora was terrified, but <laughs> Calamity just isn't that smart right now. <laughs> like, I, 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 and then she also had, you know, ingenuity damage. <laughs> like she was not in a good wow. place. Freaking wow like i'm emotionally drained from that whole roller coaster <laughs> brand uh one of my favorite things about doctor who is when time lords fully are in their time lord mode and when you threaten the weeping angel that was it fully captured that like kind of attitude so i would like to award uh, a point for that because that was just amazing oh thank you yeah, and I don't I don't think Kitsy gets like XP, but but just the continued like layers of Kitsy and Moopsy just bring bring me joy on a constant basis. Like it's just so glad. peeling there's, off the onion. There there's so much. There is so much. I do want to give them a point for trying to position lamps and lights at the, the hallways when they were in the rigging above it. Those stage tech talents, they come in handy. <laughs> well, darling, it's not fancy to leave them on their own. I mean, that that's still the end of the roller coaster for, for Calamity because, like, she was, like, she did not know what was going on and then we were having a food fight and using squirt guns and that was fine and then they exploded. Mm -hmm. And she's like, did I just kill a person? And then, 
and then but then later it was like oh oh it's just part of the show so that didn't happen that's fine except now now she knows it it, it isn't fine it actually did happen mm-hmm. <laughs> is this technically uh calamity's first kill uh-huh <laughs> oh oh that's gonna suck i'm so sorry for you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they weren't, they weren't even really being that threatening. They were just trying to rob people. Like they were, well, they were, they were actually attacking and hurting people, yourself included. I mean, I think we started it. (laughs) (laughs) Like they just said, this is a robbery. And then we started it. (laughs) I mean, I would also say you're in good company because Moopsie also killed a guy. Oh no, sure. Well, I mean, I I am firmly I firmly believe that Moopsie is a stone cold killer. Like that's <laughs> I, honestly ever ever since that has happened, randomly, Case and I would like turn to each other and just be like, "Dude, Moopsie killed a guy." Amazing. Be a future spinoff of Doctor Who therapy where people are just talking about like I just you know, threw some vinegar on this creature I didn't know it was going to explode in flames it was literally a squirt gun <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yes for the for the beginning of the next mod because of your truly exemplary uh, creativity and resourcefulness and role play today you will start the next mod with seven story points apiece you guys have just done too much amazing work here not to let it go unrewarded in gameplay itself. And finally, to our listeners, another big thank you for sharing your precious time with us. If you feel it's been well spent, please share anywhere but now with your friends who are looking to enjoy themselves. If you like what you hear, leave a review, rate the show, and follow us on Blue Sky, as well as Twitter at anywhere but now with an underscore at the end, and wherever you get your podcasts. Send your questions, your fan art, and theories if you got them to anywherebutnowpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, if you'd like me to run a game for you of your very own, you can find me on startplaying.games. Links to everything in the doobly-doo. From all of us, I'm Casey Jones. There's exciting things to come, my friends. I'm glad you're along for the ride. Thank you so much, and have a great day. (laughs) 